everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. I'm your host, Brooks Barrett. Joining me, as always, my guy, Dustin Wimmer. You're listening to episode 177. Texas Tech basketball is on a four-game win streak. We have some more dubs to talk about. Always a good time when you get to talk about victories. And Texas Tech baseball is off to a 4-0 start after getting the sweep of Gonzaga. So, some fun stuff to talk about today, but before we get into that, we've got to have you following us. Follow the tailgate. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify um, and other streaming platforms as well. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with those reviews and, you know, always give us those five stars, five stars for the tailgate. Uh, also, follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks, but you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Give our YouTube channel a follow. We're posting videos there from, you know, clips and highlights from each week's show. I uh, haven't posted a little YouTube video in a minute. Just haven't had anything or really the time to do that with work and travel and all that stuff. But we're trying to get out whatever we can for you when we have the time. Uh, so give that YouTube channel a follow. And if you have any questions, concerns, anything you want to add to the tailgate, you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, the second straight week, we get to talk about a couple more Texas Tech basketball dubs as the Red Raiders uh, add to the win streak, make it four in a row. Good times right now for the Red Raiders. Been fun to watch them uh, get back to winning ways. Uh, they followed up wins over Kansas State and Texas by heading to West Virginia to get their first conference road dub of the season in a 78-72 win over the West Virginia Mountaineers. That game, thanks to Jalen Tyson's career high, woo, 27 points for Jalen Tyson in this game on 11 of 15 shooting. That's the most impressive part to me is that how efficient he was shooting the ball. Yeah. Um, just making about everything. Fardaz Amac contributed 14 points in the effort, 10 of 10 from the free throw line, Beast. which some big ones late down the stretch to help kind of ice that game. He also had 12 rebounds. And Pop Pop Isaacs made his return to the lineup with 15 points uh, against West Virginia. Uh, Started off the game hitting a three ball just like he never left. Going three for six from three-point land in the game uh, to help the Red Raiders get that dub. Uh, Any quick thoughts on the West Virginia game from Saturday? Yeah, you hit the big one, Jalen Tyson, with a career game. I mean, he was on fire, 11 of 15. Like, couldn't miss. Bucket's huge. And he kept that going with the next game. But Pop coming back was nice because you weren't even sure if he was going to go. And he looked pretty healthy. He he, he yeah. didn't look like he was hindered or anything by that ankle. I mean, 29 minutes, definitely not hindered. Three of six from three. <laughs> Welcome back. But I just felt like, I mean, yeah, great to get a win. Never be, never apologize for a win. I felt like we won more because they missed. Rather than yeah. we, we did something to make it win, besides Jalen Tyson just making shots. Like, we, Eric Stevenson just missed 
shots down the stretch, especially in the last like two minutes. He missed like three wide open shots that he's been making all game because hell he shot 14 three pointers and made a lot of those in the first half. And of course we let him be wide open a lot because that's what we do. Let the open white guy three point shooter just rain threes on us. He was on. So I feel like we kind of just got away with one and they missed instead of making shots, but you won. That's all that matters. You got more points than they did and walked out of there with a victory. Yeah, that was the frustrating part at the end of the game is you just kept How giving them opportunity after opportunity. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they just missed them really down the stretch and you find yourself with a win and uh, you'll take whatever win you can get on the road just because you haven't right. been able to do that yet. But <clears throat> it was frustrating watching Eric with a K continue to get uh, as many open looks as he did the way he was playing in that game. Um, the fact that he got 14 threes is just um, kind of inexcusable to me. But once again, like you said, you'll take the win uh, however oh, yeah. you can get it. And thanks to West Virginia for stopping making their threes because it feels like every time we play West Virginia, they have like three dudes uh, just decide to go unconscious from three-point land. Yeah, like um, you could have told me this is the same kid that was there last year that actually transferred. Yeah, Sean McNeil. <laughs> Looks the exact same to me. Uh, a little more athletic. This guy can do a little bit more yeah. off the bounce than uh, Sean McNeil. a little McNeil more size could. to him, too, I think. Um, <laughs> but he definitely had it going. But luckily, you had a guy of your own who was going off in Jalen Tyson. Uh, Pop was matching some three-point uh, shooting there down the stretch. And Bardaz uh, yep. getting those 14 points, making some huge Free throws down the stretch, a <laughs> yeah, couple putbacks. Let's talk about his game real quick because his stat line's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird game from him. He couldn't make anything. Two, two for eleven from three or from the field. No three pointers, but he ends up with fourteen points because he went ten from ten from the free throw yeah. line <laughs> and twelve rebounds. Like weird offensive yeah. game, um, but got it done at the line. Got it done at the line, and he had two big buckets. Like the two for eleven there, those two big buckets came down the stretch when you needed. Yeah, um, that sweet so, like fading away hook shot, whatever yeah, that banked Tim in. Duncan esque like. type move from him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was otherwise. You know, it was a kind of frustrating day for him. He had a lot of opportunities right there at the rim that he just couldn't find the bottom of the bucket. You know, couldn't get the tip ins, couldn't get the yeah. finishes in the low post game, but. Um, like you said, you'll take the the clutch points there at the end, and you know a free throw trip is always a roller coaster for Texas Tech players. So for him to go ten for ten from the line uh, was impressive. So you follow that first road win of the season uh, or the conference season up with your second straight conference road yeah. win, your fourth straight total uh, with a win Tuesday night over the Oklahoma Sooners. You beat them seventy four sixty three, pulled away down the stretch. Uh, the guy we were just talking about, Fardaz Amac, has his best game as a Red Raider. 19 points, 10 boards, was a nightmare for Oklahoma to mm. defend. Um, you know, the Tanner Groves couldn't guard him to save his life. <clears throat> nah. um, and he was really just kind of clutch for you. Had a three in there that was really big to break a tie that oh, yeah. he brought back. And from there, you controlled the game. Another really stellar performance from Jalen Tyson. Uh, yeah. so he just kind of continues his solid play here down the stretch, 18 points on seven of eight shooting. So just once again, um, really, really consistent, really efficient and, you know, doing it from all three levels, whether that's hitting uh, mid range shots, hitting threes or attacking the rim. 
Uh, he's really been putting on some nice offensive performances from you. And then Pop Isaacs, once again, uh, three three-pointers, had 11 points. Uh, Kevin O'Banner with 11 points uh, on the game and a couple big buckets down the stretch yep. uh, to help lead the Red Raiders to victory. Uh, Dustin, your thoughts from the win over the Oklahoma Sooners on Tuesday night? Oh, man, this one was a little stressful. It was definitely a tale of two halves because that first half I wanted to gouge my eyes out. <laughs> and, I mean, we shot incredible. That's one thing. Yeah. We, we were we shot 65%, but at one point we were like 85%. But every two, two out of three possessions we were turning the ball over in live action. Like we had 14 turnovers, I think, or 13 in the first half. You know, ton in the first like five minutes, like it was stupid. And it was like, oh, we've seen this team before. This looked like January, early January, Texas Tech. And uh, luckily, Oklahoma couldn't make a shot, and that was yeah. for the whole game because they not they don't care about offensive rebounding for sure. Um, so really, once you just cleaned it up, second half, things just kept tilting your way because it felt like with all those turnovers, you should have been down. 15 but if you look at it with how you shot you really should have been up 15 rather than like up one you know yeah it felt like one of those games like you were trying to give it away at the beginning and you know the turnovers were just uh pretty pretty rough to watch it was dudes trying to attack three defenders losing the ball or just making lazy passes we had another kevin o'banner outlet pass that just went to no one and on the radio he just threw it to three people and no one looked nobody was looking he just grabbed the ball chunks it on that and i was listening on the radio on the way back from work and you know he was like my bad or something like that we don't have time for stupid ass my bad turnovers anymore like yeah that's fine in early january and december when you're trying to fix things and get cohesion on it we just don't have time for that anymore to give away possessions like that Especially on a road in Big 12 games, like you, those are opportunities that you're just wasting. Those are possessions that you're giving to the other team that are just yeah. inexcusable. And those things like grabbing an offensive rebound, turning around, and throwing it to an outlet guy, like that's something that you should be able to do. It's great stuff. Your, that's very basic stuff. And for some reason, we just have like one of these pop up from Kevin O'Banner every now and then where he just grabs the ball and just decides to throw it to nobody. And I mean, as as the Texas Tech guards, you got to be looking for the ball. Like yeah. Kevin O'Banner is not who you want bringing the basketball up, and so for none of them to look at the ball. But yeah, lots of turnovers. You were able to clean it up, like you, like you said, you shot the ball really well. And so I think that was the most frustrating part was when you're getting shots, you were making them. It's just you weren't giving yourselves opportunity to shoot the ball because you're just yeah. shooting yourself in the foot over yeah. and over again. You still and, ended up shooting sixty two percent, seven of twelve from three. Nine points from the free throw line, like those are all really good things. You should have won this game by twenty plus. Yeah, I really felt like you were in control of the game the whole time if you could just figure out how to yeah. settle down and, and just let the game come to you. And ultimately, that's kind of what happens there in the second half, and you're able to yeah. get the victory. Yeah, but, and luckily, like Oklahoma wants to get back on defense and clog everything up, so you kind of knew going into this it wasn't going to be a Davion Harmon game, and the good thing for us, like Jalen, basket looks huge for him right now, so he can get shots up. And luckily for us now that Fardoz is back, like we can kind of run him at like a point post. Yeah. You know, 
run the offense through him either down low or even at the top. I mean, we'll talk more about Fardos in a second, but it's nice that we can adjust to what Oklahoma wants us to do. All right, you want to slow it down, clog it up. Davion can't really drive. Okay, we'll run it through our big man, slow it down with you, try to nibble away at you. And so it's kind of nice that we were able to go with what they wanted us to do and make it happen through Fardos. Yeah, it seems like there's multiple points of attack from this offense. That's been something you've been able to develop over the last few games. Um, You've had the games where you've needed Davion Harmon to kind of play hero ball for you. Yeah. And I think that's caused a lot of teams to turn their attention to him. And so they're definitely a lot of focus, especially when we're running pick and rolls and stuff like that. He's getting a lot of double teams. He's getting trapped. He's uh, being forced to kind of stay out of the paint area. And so you've needed other guys to kind of step up and be able to create that offense. And you've had Jalen Tyson do that. And uh, Fardaz has become a key, you know, factor in this offense, whether he's scoring 19 points or whether he's scoring uh, Alice points at the free throw line, he's still a big person that you can use. And he's very smart with the basketball. So Texas tech has changed its fortunes all of a sudden here with a four game stretch sitting at five and 10 in big 12 conference play. Uh, definitely like two weeks ago, it seemed doom and gloom. Um, you were one in 10 in conference. All of a sudden you're sitting here five and 10 and some uh, chances down the stretch to make that even better. So down the stretch here in this four game win streak, you've won uh, five or yeah, yeah, four game win streak and you've won five of your last seven Big 12 games. So you're on the positive stretch here. One of the big contributing um, factors to this, and we'll just kind of talk about these one-to-one. Jalen hey, Tyson. <clears throat> we going, uh, we staying at the Oklahoma game real quick? Um, well, I was going to go kind of just discuss like what these players are doing and how they're helping kind of change the fortunes of this team. Oh, okay. We hit um, a pop in there. Oh yeah, we got we got okay. all of that. I just in wanted there. to hit some things on him. So. Yeah, but uh, just kind of some key factors of what's changed and how this team has now been able to put together four straight wins in Big Twelve Conference when it seemed like before you might not even be able to get out of the conference with multiple. <laughs> we were wins. talking over at one point. <laughs> um, and so now, yeah, you're five and ten. I think you're seventh or your eighth place in the conference now. So you're uh, yeah. able to pass West Virginia, able to pass Oklahoma. Um, got eighth. a chance to even get higher in the conference, I think, um, if you yeah. you know continue this play. Um, but, yeah, one of the c- key contributing factors for me, Dustin, is the uh, emergence of Jalen Tyson as uh, a go-to scorer, a guy who's playing with a lot of confidence right now. What are your thoughts on, on what Jalen Tyson has kind of done down the stretches? He's been a guy that we – we knew the the talent and we knew what everybody was talking about. We just hadn't really seen him put it all together and it's starting to starting to show. Yeah, I think the confidence has definitely built up over the last couple of weeks and the cohesion of this group. I think Jalen is more of a product kind of of everybody else. Um, and that's not talking bad on him. I think it's just how the dominoes are falling like. Davion got hot the last few weeks. So now, all right, defense, we got to not let him drive. Got to be close to him also so he can't shoot. Pop, same thing. He's a shooter. Got to spread the floor to go play defense on him, you know. And then now you got Fardaws that they're trying to double quite often. Um, So now we just got a lot of problems for defenses on the floor. And I think Jalen's beneficiary of most of it because – He's the next guy up that his guy's trying to slack off or go help double or whatever. 
And so he's just the beneficiary of, and he's capitalizing on it mostly. And so that's huge. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's being more assertive and more aggressive yeah. too on the offensive end. He's definitely looking for his shot more. Well, we're at the beginning of the year and kind of through some of the struggles, it just felt like he was disappearing uh, sometimes on offense, but he's definitely trying to find the right time and place to get his offense going. But also, he's not forcing it at the same time, right. which which is nice to see because young players like that are like, hey, I haven't got a touch in a while or I haven't got a shot off. I got to get one off here. And they'll take a bad shot. They'll force a bad three or something mm -hmm. like that. But he's letting the offense come to him. He's getting lots of good opportunities. Like you said, there's focus on so many other guys on the court that yeah. he's really starting to see the benefits of that. Um, but it also goes in the fact that, like, are you still going to take the right shot when it's there or are you going to make the right pass mm -hmm. when it's there? And more times than not, he's making the right play. He's making the right shot. He's one of your best guys at creating his own shot. He might Definitely. be he might be your best player at creating I'd say his own shot. Top. He's number one because he's got the athleticism to dribble off, and he's a great pull-up, and he can do it at all three levels too. Yeah, Davion can create space, but it's all, you know, depending on the game, it it, it can be. I never know if that three-point shot he's jacking up is going to get off, though, because it's kind of a slow right. catch and pull. And I'm like, and he's smaller, and I'm like, I don't know if he's going to get it there. He does most of the time, but I just never am yeah. super confident it's getting off. And I'm never super confident if it's going in or not. Tyson, <laughs> like, every, way, you know? yeah, every, Quicker, Tyson, every time Tyson shoots, I, I think it's going in. It's such a smooth shot, it's and, smooth it, and looks it's great. so yes. effortless. Like, that's what I love yeah. about watching him shoot the ball is, like, even when he was going through those kind of shooting slumps or whatever, you still want him to shoot it just because it's such a pure shot. Uh, it's smooth, and you want him to have that confidence to shoot it. And like you've said multiple times, the basket's just looking gigantic Ooh. for him lately. And if you keep getting these performances from him, that's obviously going to help this offense because now you have multiple people that can go get you maybe 20 points every single game. Um, and so it's yeah. been really fun to watch him grow up. I feel like he's grown up so much this season. Big time, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Another key contributing factor in this run for the Red Raiders is – uh, the big guy, the big maple, Fardaz Amac, the guy who you know was our prized uh, transfer into this season. We it's been a roller coaster with him with injuries, uh, and he's finally looking like he's starting to get healthy. I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent yet. I would say he's still working towards that, but uh, definitely having him back in the lineup has proven uh, really great for this Red Raider team. Where I think John Rossine tweeted it the other day, we're four and three in games that we play with him. And those three losses oh, were right. on the road at Kansas state on the road at Texas and against Baylor. So no, none of those three losses are things to be ashamed about. Uh, definitely something to consider. What are your thoughts about what Fardaz has, has done and what he actually like really means to this team. Yeah. He's had a couple big games and he's starting to look like he's feeling good out there. Like we mentioned lastly, like, He's moving a little better. He's moving good now. Yeah. He's up and down the floor. He's able to make switches and transition defense pretty well. But, man, it's nice. Like, I love a big that loves being big. Yeah. <laughs> and he is uses that gives you incredible presence inside on either post action, going off that pick and roll, and just causing problems on – offensive rebounding like he just stands there and jumps and tips stuff in yeah. even if he doesn't tip it in he's causing havoc down there that gives time for O'Banner or Tyson to get there to also help and like it's fun to watch those little plays of like oh miss shot but oh little little just tip in I got it and it looks like a little it looks like a 10 
like 10th grader playing with 10 year olds out there sometime with how tall and big he acts. Like, but then like he brings you such good passing on the offensive end. I've noticed, like you've yeah. definitely noticed the last couple of games, like we'll pick and roll with him. He might pop or drift to like the free throw line and he's able to just scan the floor. And we've ran that play a couple of times of, uh, bring him up and O'Banner's in the corner and you're stranding that defender. He's either got to step out on O'Banner and if that happens, O'Banner's going to cut and get a dunk or you're going to try to slack and give almost a double team. And then O'Banner's open in the corner. And so he gives you great like passing skill. Wouldn't say he's like a Jokic type passer, but he gives you great vision and, and skill on it at that passing level too. Yeah. So it's pretty nice. And like, you're going to have to just live with the kind of awkward push hook shot eight footers that he puts up there. I mean, some of them are okay. <laughs> some yeah. of them go in, you'll live with it. But I, I love the addition of what he's given you to kind of run that point posts kind of like what I like to call it. Yeah. He's very patient. Talk about, you know, yeah, we just talked about Tyson, how he feels like he's kind of in control of his offensive game. Like Fardoz is definitely very in control of what he wants to do. He's very patient. He very rarely rushes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely times where they try to throw double teams at him and stuff. And, and he, you know, makes the right decision, remains patient, uses his size to his advantage, can clear yeah. out a little space to create a passing lane uh, to get the ball to somebody better. Uh, but it, you know, just the, the other dimension he can bring to this offense of having a guy who can can run an offense with this size is really nice. You know, you've seen it a lot, especially down the stretch of these games, is you're basically running that offense kind of through Fardaz yep. up at the top. You're yes, getting man. him the ball. You're letting him, or him do pick and rolls or something. Um, you're letting guys uh, kind of run off screens from him, letting him make decisions. And it's created a lot of op- opportunities for Kevin O'Banner at the rim. Yes. Um, you saw that in the Texas game. You saw that in uh, the Oklahoma game, just creating opportunities because there's so much focus on that. You're doing a lot of different motions. It's a lot for the defense staff to pick up. And, you know, it, it's not easy to run that. You've got to be patient. You've got to see the right play. Yeah. And it's it's fun to see him just kind of take his time and make the right pass or get the right shot or get the ball to the right player uh, at those times. And so it's really fun to watch him hope for continued health for him because this is definitely a different team than it has been all season when you have him out there. Another guy who we got to see return to the lineup is pop Isaacs and um, much needed three point shooting from pop back. Uh, You had probably two of your best three point shooting games back with him, especially when you look at how we shoot the ball on the road, uh, he definitely brings that uh, dimension back to the offense. What did you think about uh, Pop and his return and 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 what that looked like, especially because we had, you know, kind of co- some concerns with how him and Harmon were going to play together because of the way Harmon sure. was playing. It was like, can you uh, afford to have both of those guys, you know, with their size and how we want to play defense on the court at times? So what are your thoughts on, on what he's been able to bring since his return? Yeah, he's obviously – one of your best guard players out there, best scorer possibly. And like being on the road doesn't affect his shooting and definitely three point no. shooting. I think he loves it more. Yeah. I think he wants <laughs> he to seems like one of those guys that loves the road games and hurting the crowd more than even at home in uh, like three for five at Oklahoma. Um, so it's great to have him back and he's a bolt of energy, obviously with his attitude and, 
energy out there. Here's my, I wanted to ask you this. What are your thoughts on having him not start and come off the bench? Because I would like to see that kind of. You know, I thought it was huge in the West Virginia game when he came yes. off the bench and then he immediately brought that like spark of energy. I, I you know, I thought it was nice. Um, I, I, I don't really know what the best option is for him. I, you know, I want him out there. That's all I know. And so like having yeah. that, having that guy who oh, can come sure. down and hit a three on the very first possession of the game, like that's something he brings you that you really don't kind of have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still want him playing 30 yeah. minutes a game. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. You. Yeah. But I just think that first, you know, five minutes of the game, have him sit, put Lamar Fisher to start. You have a great defensive presence there. And then when you bring in that first set of subs, you have a great energy bolt and score coming in. Because also what I hate is when we bring in that Lamar, KJ, Fisher group. Yeah. And it's like, mm, We had a lineup like, with like five guys who couldn't score. I don't like I this group there, all together. I like them individually, but I don't like them together out there. Like no one's yeah. – And so he can bring you that kind of bolt off the – bench like three minutes into the game you know and then you can go with your regular rotation from there that's just yeah. kind of where i'm coming from with that what i like about him is i like it both ways right i like if he's starting because he's a guy who can immediately get things yeah, going right at the stop he doesn't really need to get warmed up he's always ready to shoot no. he's always ready to go um but it would be nice to have a guy kind of with that firepower that he brings to just come right off the bench and so once you are subbing in or out, you're not losing anything offensively, yeah. you're gaining something offensively. But I think that's what's so unique about Pop is there's just so many things you can do with him. You obviously want him on the court as much as possible because he's just a uh, sure. somebody the defense has to has to know where he's at on the court all the time. Um, but he also finds ways to get open. He has some nice drives to the basket. You know, he still has some turnovers from time to time, uh, but who doesn't on this team? And so – Um, but having him back has brought, you know, a whole new, that whole different offensive dimension to this team. It's a pop for sure. Definitely makes you pop a little bit more a lot. You know, you're, you feel more lethal from three point land when he's out there, when he's not, you're just kind of hoping that either Tyson or Harmon has one of those games where everything's going in. Uh, it's much, or maybe you can get the Kerwin game where he's actually filling it and getting opportunities. But other than that, it always feels like a big struggle for us to hit threes. Um, but once pops out yeah. there, it, you know, you're getting, he's going to take, you know, several attempts, get you some threes, um, more oftentimes than not. So fun to see him back. Any other like key contributing factors that you've kind of been able to, to see over the last stretch of games that have also helped contribute to this winning streak? I do think <clears throat> O'Banner, like we mentioned, is in that Jalen Tyson <clears throat> group of, He's benefiting from Harmon, Pop, and Fardal's getting so much offensive attention. And so those and th- those five guys are your they're your dudes. Yeah. That they're gonna obviously play 30 minutes at Oklahoma for all five of those guys. Like you're gonna ride and die with them. They're by far your best five players. Um, I still think you're getting great minutes out of Elijah Fisher. I mean, yes. stats don't look like it, but his defensive effort is always up there and huge. I mean, he still ended up with four rebounds. And then, like, when it shot clock's kind of running down and pressure's on, he's able to be athletic and dribble his way in and get a nice 
tough, you know, layup or floater yeah. in there that's a the good dude can couple, finish. couple points. The dude yeah, can finish with contact, which is really fun to so see. Like, I love what he's bringing you um, also down the stretch here. So keep keep those 10 minutes for him, you know, and maybe even up those 12, 15 if he's doing – staying out of foul trouble. Yeah, I think you got to have a steady dose of all these other guys. Like you saw, sure, you know, sure. a, a lot of people, if you're on Twitter, you probably saw the plus minus thing that was tweeted out. Um, uh, JG trends or whatever, like your whole starting lineup yeah. was double digits in the plus minus. Like that's, yeah, that's They're your also group. all playing 30 plus minutes. Tyson 36. It's so, so like, devastating. Heavy. It's such a devastating group, especially down the stretch. Cause you have a lot of guys playing really good offensive hoops. You have Jalen Tyson and Kevin O'Banner is like your kind of other options. And that's just really great. So you have a lot of weapons there, but I think, you know, you obviously don't want to play them the whole game. You got to disperse it. Mm-hmm. And those other guys are finding ways to contribute. It's, you know, Elijah Fisher, a few points here and there. It's, you know, Lamar Washington during the Kansas State game, just giving them opportunities. And all you're really hoping for is one or two of them to have a really solid game, uh, whether that's defensively or offensively for you. All it takes is just one of those guys having a couple buckets for you here and there. Um, and, And that makes a world of difference for this team. Um, I, I know from this game, it was mainly your starters had had the scoring. I don't think your bench yeah, really produced no. a whole lot of points. Fisher had what four and yeah, um, four no and Lamar had a th- had three. Something else I've noticed a lot with Fardal's back. You've been dominating rebounding battles. Yeah, your West Virginia and te- and uh, Oklahoma and your Texas game, you've dominated the rebounding battles, and so that's critical coming down the stretch. Cause that was one of your big weaknesses is you're giving teams yeah, a whole lot of strength. Yeah. And it was the, the defensive rebounding, you know, where you're allowing teams to get double digit offensive rebounds and create more and more opportunities for them. If you're limiting those, uh, that's just creating more opportunities for you and ending these guys trips in one possession, you know, one shot cool. is always really nice to do. I think the de- defensive intensity is also picked up like, the West Virginia game was frustrating for me because they were just finding a lot of open shots. Um, it definitely felt like OU had some open looks too there, but I think for the most part, you, you know, you played at shooting. Yeah, they just suck at shooting. Thank God, um, it sucked so bad. It was like, all right, you're open. Go ahead and shoot it. Oh, missed again. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a team that that kind of defense works in your advantage for, but. Uh, you know, I thought Fardaz has done a good job and kind of some of the switches that he's yep. uh, that he's kind of getting responsible for. Uh, you can tell like he's the healthier he gets, the better he does at some of those uh, like when he's on to the smaller guys. And he's just such a got so much size that it's hard for little guys to get shots up over him. Yeah. Um, and so that's been good to see. But yeah, defensively, you've had your best stretch of defensive ball over the last stretch. Um, yeah. uh, you know, 63 points to Oklahoma. That's that you'll take anytime you can hold a team to the lower sixties. You you feel pretty good about your chance to win those games. So everything kind of clicking right now for the Red Raiders at the time that you needed to. So Dustin, as of today, just kind of looking ahead, we're we're taking into effect that you have two home games left: a game against yep. Kansas and a Big Twelve tournament coming up. If you had to pick right now, do you think Texas Tech is going to be in the dance uh, come Selection Sunday? Yes. If I had to pick right now, I do. I think I think you need at least one more win, maybe two. And then basically your conference tournament game becomes a play-in game. Yeah. 
I think you need to win two out of the last three. Um, I think you can't afford to lose a home game um, down the stretch. If you do lose one, it needs to be TCU and not Oklahoma State. You yeah. definitely need to win the Oklahoma State game. They're right there with you. You're battling for a spot with them. you know. And TCU, they're going to get a lot of credit because most of their losses came when Miles was out and they've, they're back to health healthy so like better better loss for against yeah. TCU than Oklahoma State I guess but also better win if you get that <laughs> yeah better Whatever. win it um, works both ways I guess I think I'm with you right now I think I think we go two and one down the stretch here I don't yeah. think we can I don't think we can beat Kansas I've seen some people tweet out that's definitely a winnable game I mean uh, I, I just don't really see it Kansas is playing really I'm good I'm not basketball. even looking at that game on this yeah. list <laughs> Kansas is playing really good basketball. I just don't. They're really playing see that amazing. Happening. Fog Allen's the hardest place yeah. to play in the nation. It's like you're playing much better basketball than you were at the end of the season. But two of those wins came against the other bottom half. You know the other Correct. teams that were at the cellar with you in the Big Twelve. It's still good wins because every team, every game you win in the Big Twelve is good. But everything's Kansas a quad one win in the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, Kansas was down like double digits to Baylor and then blew them out the doors. Like, <laughs> like yep. that's that was crazy. Um, but I, you know, I'm with you. I think you have, you know, the two two games you have at home are very winnable games. Um, you're going to be in the tournament as a probably eight, you know, seven eight seed, uh, which means you're going to be playing against Oklahoma, West Virginia, two teams yeah. that you know you can beat. You just proved it on the road. Um, I, I, you know, you get that win, and then at that point, you see what happens. Yeah. But I think. You know, and this is the other kind of conversation I, I want to get into. I think if you are evaluating the team as it is right now, I think this is a tournament team for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I hope that the selections committee uh, looks at it more that way, yeah. like like healthy with Fardaz, with Pop, like this. what this team has done down the stretch. I hope they value that more than what this team was at the beginning of the conference where you were not healthy, you didn't have Fardaz, you were – um, you know, Bacha was in and out of games and obviously yep. didn't, you know, come back from whatever he was playing when he was hurt or sick. Um, but, you know, the other big part of the conversation is your just non-conference schedule sure. sucked so much. Yeah, but your conference schedule, and it's been on every every game for the last week, like how hard the Big 12 is, how great it is. Eight teams are probably getting in. There's even people thinking nine get in. Uh, I don't think nine get in. I think eight definitely get in. And so you want to be that. Like, eight. <laughs> and so yeah, to expand on all that stuff you just mentioned, like I, I said a second ago, that first round of big 12 tournament is a play in game for yeah. the conference, like for the big tournament. Cause you're going to be playing one of those other yeah. three bottom teams that you're fighting a spot for West Virginia and Oklahoma state and Texas tech. One of those three is getting that other spot is what it comes down to maybe two, but probably only one of them. So you yeah. need to win that game. And if it's a win over and you know, you're playing Oklahoma, they have a win over Alabama. <laughs> you don't have points. that win, you know, um, yeah. you so don't like, have that wins, but so if you can beat them two out of three times, that's all right. Hey, yeah, we're clearly the better team that they're going to have to, you know, really take a look at that. But it, it does suck because you don't help yourself out. Like, like we haven't had this issue in the past because you've been such sure. a good Big 12 team that it really hasn't mattered what your non-con is, um, you know. 
last year you were good to get that Tennessee win that helped you notch a cool non-conference win. But this year you you don't have any of those, and now you have to rely on playing good in the I Big Twelve, you and you didn't play it, good. Or somebody did it on Twitter, like you know Jeff Goodman shitting on us because our schedule sucks. Well, it's not our fault. Ohio State is the worst team in the Big Ten, and Georgetown sucks again, and LSU's terrible. We didn't schedule those games; they just fell in our laps. <laughs> Yeah, that's not our fault, but it is our fault that we scheduled fucking Northwestern State and Jackson State and all these other terrible-ass schools other than that. Like, you don't give yourselves any other better games. Like, every single game that we played outside of the tournament or out of the games you can't control sucked. You can control those games by – Why are we not playing, like, at Colorado? Yeah. Like, it's a close enough game, even, like, at New Mexico, like, right down the road. Like, you have – you have to get better at scheduling. There's just no excuses at this point that you can't get at least one better non-conference game. Like I'm not asking for every single game would be hard. Yeah. You still want to have your Northwestern States and you still want to have your South Carolina state games in there. So you can, I would like to go on the road and play one of those big Pac 12 or New Mexico, um, Missouri. I don't know. Just some random kind of not super high level. Right. Like, it's another good power five team. You don't want to just schedule I don't a bunch go to of Kentucky. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> schedule a bunch of just tough games. Like that's not what I'm asking, but just I would much rather see heck, I would much rather see North Texas on the schedule sure. uh, than you know in. some of these other schools that you're seeing because yeah, hey, at least like North Texas have been competitive or competitive in their uh division yeah. in their conference and like they make the tournament, they've had some nice wins. Like yeah, that's a much better game. They're doing too good. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know. I it's it's just always frustrating that we never schedule anybody good in turn yeah. or in non conference, and you know, the, this is the one year that it could possibly bite you in the ass, uh, and that would be unfortunate. But you know, all I can do is is win the games that are in front of you. Yep. Leave it up to the committee and hope that they see what you've done here down the stretch is impressive and deserves a bid. But at the end of the day, you've also given them reason to not select you. So it's just kind of. One of those things to be prepared for. Yeah. I think the, that tech fans just need to be prepared in case our name doesn't get called on selection Sunday, uh, yeah. even if we do what we think is necessary uh, to get to the tournament. So um, up next on that tournament push, as we mentioned, the TCU Horn Frogs come to town on Saturday. That's an 11 a.m. tip off. Mm. And then you follow that up with uh, your trip to Fog Allen in Kansas at 8 p.m. on Tuesday night. So, uh, Dustin, how you feeling heading into this, um, you know, your tough, <laughs> tough two game stretch yeah. here? Yeah, tough two games, but, you know, TCU at home, obviously we've won three straight at home, four straight maybe, I can't keep it in line anymore, you know, we're so hot. But this is a team you had down 11 at halftime at their place, you know, almost two months ago when they were fully healthy and you didn't even have AMAC. They haven't seen AMAC yet, yeah. so that's a big deal. Like that matchup of AMAC and Eddie Lampkin is going to be a good yeah, one to watch. That's a lot of beef getting thrown around at each other down there. And so that'll be a fun rebounding and post battle to watch. But they're healthy. They got Lampkin and Miles back. But I mean, just looking at their like last two games, like well, they won, went on a four game losing streak when Miles is out. But then they come back, hang 100 on Oklahoma State last week. And then turn around two days later and Kansas holds them to 58. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what team are you going to get? And what can you do to them also? Cause like you've shown, you can hang with them as long as you don't 
blow a second half lead very quickly, you know? So I think it's a very winnable game. I'm not like scared of them coming in here. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a winnable game being at the USA. You played much better basketball at home uh, recently. Uh, TCU is a team that you all feels like you always play pretty close um, at home. And I hate Mike miles, man. I hate seeing him on the other team. It feels like he always lights us up. Um, you know, doesn't feel like we ever can figure out how to guard him. So that's, you know, obviously a key factor is can we limit him? Um, I'm, I'm excited to see Dawes versus Lampkin. Like that's, awesome. that's a really I fun hate Eddie Lampkin. Yeah. Man, yeah. I don't know what, it, I think it's a stupid hair. I think it, what really made me hate him was in that tournament game last year where he was celebrating every layup that he made. Like he just, oh, and he like, does the f- double flex yeah, every like, time. Dude, you made a layup. You're bigger than everybody else on the court. Congrats. Like, come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a team that that bugs the hell out of me. So it'd be nice to get a little revenge on them for that win that they had earlier in the season, where it felt like you deserved to win that game if you or where you just you know completely forgot to play basketball for a half. So if you're, you're putting together much better back to back half performances, uh, this feels like a winnable game. And then you know, if you beat TCU I'm at this point, you know, just throw it up and see what happens versus Kansas. I don't think you're going to win that game, nah. but. I mean, all I all I ask stay for is that we go. That game. Yeah, just stay healthy, play competitive, and and be in it. You know that that you, you can't feel bad about yourself if you go into Kansas. City. Maybe ask Kansas if we can play that game at Kansas City. We'll still let you win. We'll, yeah. We just want to you know, still get have the refs in your building. back pocket. You'll still get you know everything. We'll still let Kansas win. You know we're moving it off campus, but we just want to get a feel for the building before the tournament. You know. But, you know, still two good shots. I mean, who knows Who knows what could happen? This team is playing completely different basketball than it was at the beginning of the season. Um, and so you just hope that they keep that play up, get another big win on Saturday, and, and see what happens uh, versus Kansas. But um, that's uh, anything else you wanted to touch on basketball-wise? No, need that Saturday win first. Yeah, let's get it. Need that Saturday win. But a team that uh, started off their season with – Four straight wins is the Texas Tech baseball team. So let's go talk some baseball right quick before we get you guys out of here. The Texas Tech baseball season got started over the weekend as the Gonzaga Bulldogs headed to Lubbock for a four-game series. And the Red Raiders start off their season with the sweep of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, a good sweep because Gonzaga's a pretty good team. You know, they're favored yes. to win their conference. They were a two seed in the NCAA tournament last yeah, year. They're a top 40, 50 team. Yeah, they're definitely one of the best, like, smaller, you know, school, uh, especially smaller conference baseball teams in the country. And so you start off with a sweep. You win on Friday, 8-4. to four. Uh, You win on Saturday, 10-3. to three. Sunday, 12 to three, and then you closed out the series with a nine, eight walk off, uh, win by actually walking them off. Uh, you got a, got a bases loaded walk to win the game. Uh, and so you start off the series with, uh, uh, you know, four or start off the season with a four game series sweep. Um, fun, fun series, fun to see all these guys in actions, couple notable performances, your pitchers, I thought did a really good job, uh, this weekend, especially some of the main guys that you had coming in that you knew you were going to be watching. Um, Brandon Gurton made his return from injury last year. He was really good in that, uh, Friday game where he gave up. yeah. Yeah. He came in Friday after we gave up four runs and shut Gonzaga down for the rest of the game. Mason Molina in his first start, didn't give up any runs. 
Yeah, and he's going to be big your, for you this year. Yeah, and then your Saturday starter, um, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look up. Bo Blessy, a great baseball oh, yeah. name. A great, great baseball, baseball name. He's going to be big for you also, yeah. Yeah, he, he came out, and he was really good. And then, of course, you know, your Monday game, I think you're throwing out a lot of pitchers just trying to kind of see that that takes place of like your midweek Tuesday, Wednesday games yeah, that you might exactly. see in the season, and you're able to grind that one out. But uh, I know you didn't catch – much baseball but any thoughts on this starting uh series of the season yeah didn't catch much of it but what i like to see yeah like you just mentioned we subbed in a pitcher early friday and was able to right the ship so that was good to see um i know tadlock said we had like five or six guys vying for those starting pitching spots and narrow it down to three and then i guess this kind of shifts some things so that's good to figure out that's what these games are for um, again, you're playing good teams, you know, you're not playing some, some scrub Northwestern state type team <laughs> to reference back to our basketball segment there. Um, I'd also like to see, I was following a lot of the game on Twitter. We had to come back in at least two of these games, especially Monday game. We were down the whole game till the end. So it's nice to see us battle back in a few of these games and times and, not get, you know, worried and press and we just figured it out and hit the ball here and there, kind of played some small ball and drove some runs in. Like played pretty simple baseball, it seemed like. Yeah, you had to come back from down eight to six against Gonzaga in the eighth inning, um, and to win that one and you were able to do so. Uh, somebody but, on Friday was hitting some bombs. I can't remember who. Yeah, so Friday, Austin Green, a newcomer, a uh, new face to the team, came in and he hit a bomb that tied the game. It was 4-1 to one right. at that point, and he tied the game. And then uh, Gavin yeah. Cash, who uh, kind of yeah, had a handprint. Another great baseball name. Another great baseball <laughs> name, uh, who had a handprint on a lot of this weekend series, had a lot of RBIs for you, uh, uh, had a home run in that game as well. He, you know, time and time again came clutch for you. I think he had a homer, a couple triples, <laughs> Gavin Ooh. Cash, who was the guy who backed up um, the Hispanic Titanic at Texas last year. Yeah. I remember listening to the 97, three guys last week and they were like, yeah, he's going to be a big transfer for you. Texas guy uh, backed up national player of the year last year. First baseman. He's going to be yeah. pretty big for you apparently. So, Keep yeah, he had a that. he had a really good start to the season. Austin Green had some nice hits for you. Kevin Bazell was really good. Ty Coleman had a five for five game. Um, so just a lot of guys that you're expecting. Uh, this team is full of great baseball names, Dustin. Let's go. Let's go through some of them. Tabor Fast. Tabor yeah, Fast. Fast. Fast as a name is nice. And Tracer Lopez. That's a, another great name. Tracer. Just, I feel like that's he, a great. Does he play outfield. He seems like he needs to play outfield. Right. He's a tracer. Um, <laughs> Dylan Maxey. That's. A, I feel like that's a great baseball name. Ryan Brome. Um, like Gavin Cash, of course, is a great baseball name. There's just a lot of dudes with with some good names on here. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like we said, uh, that pitcher. Um, what what was his name? Bo. Bo. Bo Blessy, Bo Blessy. Blessy. That's just some some awesome names <laughs> in this team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's our analysis is we got a lot of great great guy uh great baseball names on this team, but yeah, good start for them this uh this season. You always like starting off with a big, you know, four-game sweep and you'll continue that. You're try to continue that success this weekend against Western Illinois, who I also believe are the Bulldogs. 
Um, yeah, so, that graphic today from Tech Baseball really threw me off when it looks the same as yeah. the Zaga Bulldog graphic. It's just different colors. Um, <laughs> no, I don't like, even think it was different colors. There's like a few well, different yeah, on shapes the, on there, but yeah, it looked very similar. <laughs> yeah, on the graphic or their actual logos, I'm looking here on the schedule, they're yellow and purple. Oh, okay. Um, well, the purple, bluish yeah. looking bulldog kind of blended together on our graphics. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's very close. I remember when I first looked at the like calendar, I was like, are we playing Gonzaga twice to start the season? Like, and then hey, I was, don't, don't sleep on these small baseball schools. I mean, yeah. last weekend, AM got upset by Lamar one night. So, don't sleep on these small baseball schools. You got to come out and play. Yeah, you got to come out and play every game as like baseball teams are. I, I feel like the smaller schools are, you know, getting better and better. And so um, you do have a doubleheader Friday. I think the schedule was changed. Um, so you'll have a doubleheader Friday. You'll play Saturday and then the get out game will be on that Sunday. So if you got a chance to get out to the law this weekend, do so. Cheer these boys on uh, as their season is underway. Once we kind of get a little more familiar with this team, we'll do more of a baseball breakdown and kind of talk about it a little bit more but wanted to touch on their season getting underway um that's kind of all we have texas tech related this week maybe save for some stuff in the final shots dustin your final shot is uh some uh college basketball news so i'll send it over <laughs> yeah. to you uh for for your final uh, shot uh feels yeah. kind of well i guess it, it shouldn't be final shots with how this segment's gonna go yeah <laughs> talk about lots of guns <laughs> and college basketball teams uh i guess we'll start with alabama because they're they're hot in the streets right now with one of their players like a few weeks ago a month ago legit committed a drive-by murder like near campus and then now it's coming out that their best player who's like the best college prospect, top lottery pick for sure, top five pick, was involved. And if you're going to – just don't do this, but, like, why would you text somebody, hey, bring me the gun, and the guy's like, all right, I brought you the gun. <laughs> wow. Way to, like, just incorporate yourself in a murder drive-by. Um, yeah, and then yeah. the coach didn't make it any better no. when he's like, well, pra- they're good at practice. I can't <laughs> control what they do outside of that. Like the obvious dumb coach answer when, uh, when you know that he knows everything about their program, especially at a basketball place when you only have 15 kids to worry about. Like you can't yeah. be like, well, they're not shooting people at practice. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty brutal situation for them, uh, to say the least. I, you know, it sucks because it's all like someone died in this, you know. Yes. Um, and there's a life to be remembered, and you know whatever happened. Yeah, young single mother too. It's just stupid act of violence that doesn't need that didn't need to happen, and then you've got dumb kids texting this like, just uh. And like that, he hasn't been arrested and involved legally yet, but. I don't see how he gets away from that. And now his, obviously like his teammate, his career in life is over. And now, you know, you're a top five pick lottery pick. going to yeah. make a lot of money in the NBA for the next five years, at least. And now you, that career is possibly over. If you do get legally involved, which I don't know how you can't, when you have a text message, you back had a murder and forth weapon. Of, yeah. bring me the weapon. Okay. Brought you the weapon. 
brought you the weapon. It didn't doesn't matter if you knew that somebody was going to get killed or not. Like, no. if somebody's asking you to bring a gun, maybe don't bring it. Like, they're probably asking for a reason. Um, yeah, just a stupid situation by these guys all around, and I don't think I don't think NATO's handled that very well. I know no. he had to come back and kind of re-apologize for his statement. Um, but definitely interesting. And, you know, NBA teams don't want to take, you know, they don't no. want to take a risk on a guy like that. If he's already bringing weapons You're a 19 to a year player, old involved with guns. Yeah. I don't you know, care. Like what, who, who are you aligning yourself with when you actually have money? Yeah. Um, uh, when you actually have NBA money uh, as going as a lottery pick like he was. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens as the situation kind of unfolds sure. and whether what happens. Uh, to and you know, with how random thought with how like slow the legal system is like this none of this may go anywhere by the time the nba draft comes around oh i doubt it does yeah like whether he's been brought in as a accomplice or whatever and so that's going to be tough on teams to be like you know what to do and he's definitely going to drop fall um maybe not even get drafted at all yeah, that that'll be interesting to see. So, uh, uh, then quickly, my other one was New Mexico State's basketball program. Woo! What a shit show they are. They had another gun incident, like in December or something last semester, with yeah, I don't even shooting remember and anymore. And catfishing, coach, all sorts. Yeah, of stuff coaches were involved, that. kind of. And now they have canceled the rest of their season. Are going to forfeit because now more has come out that there's hazing going on and abuse and all kinds of stuff. I don't even know the list of it. They're just going to forfeit the rest of their six games, call it a season. Obviously that coaches out, which sucks for them. Cause like that just spirals your program down so bad and tarnishes it with you weren't good the last like couple years. They made the tournament Fired last that- year. They made the tournament last year, they, won their first oh, game. They, okay, they were good. That's right. Lost their coach. Lost their coach because they were good. Yeah. Well, now they bring in another guy, and he just made it worse and spiraled it. And now it's like, eh, do I want to go touch that situation because the roster is going to turn over terribly. Yeah. They're already it's having like, dudes like backing out of commitments, transferring out. Yeah, you're going to have no roster left over there, and that's just a crazy situation to deal with as well. So. Yeah, a couple crazy basketball situations going on right now. Don't don't play yeah. with guns. Kids. As bad of a leadership job as you could probably ever see from a head coach over a program, I would say yeah. this has to go like right up there at the top. Just complete yeah. un- no control of his team. Just bizarre stories. And like halfway involved. Yeah, we, like, <laughs> like still oddly, unresolved issues. Not completely from the, involved, but like kind of. Kind of might have hid the gun. <laughs> might have hit. Might have tried to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Uh, players knowing coming to pick up a guy who just shot and killed like i don't know yeah bizarre situation for them (laughs) bizarre situations in basketball this season um kind of some unprecedented type stories from basketball programs this season but uh my final shot for this week will go to the lady raiders who won on a final shot of their own um last night they pulled off the 69 68 win over the west virginia mountaineers a last second layup uh, in, to help them get the victory, they had to come from behind. I think they were down 17 points or something. So something we're getting good at. Uh, both sides, her uh, women's and men's basketball, is having to come back from large deficits here in, at the USA. So shout out to the Lady Raiders for that win and trying to keep their tournament hopes alive as well. 
Um, another season has started as the Texas Tech softball team has gotten off to a start as well. And so they're, uh, they'll be playing. So a lot of sports going on, track, everything, just about every sport. Uh, it's always fun with spring. There's so much stuff going on, golf, track, baseball, softball, uh, basketballs as they reach the tournaments and everything like that. So keep up with all the stuff that's going on with the Red Raiders. Get out to the law this weekend to watch the baseball team. Get out to the USA for that 11 a.m. tip versus TCU uh, this this weekend and cheer these, all these Red Raiders on as they fight for tournament bo- berths and try to fight to you know start their season and all that stuff like that. Um, and that will do it for us this week here at Tailgate Talks to catch everything we're doing. Uh, you got to follow the Tailgate. Got to follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, Apple hit us with the review. Also, if you listen or listen to us and want to catch what we're doing on social media, follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. It's where we do most of our posting, tweeting, and everything like that. We're always tweeting through games. Um, we're always, you know, commenting or tweeting on whatever tech news might break uh, when we have the chance to so follow us there. But we do have Facebook and Instagram. If you want to go follow those pages as well, give that YouTube channel a follow to catch little highlight videos from each week's episodes. Um, and email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. If you have any questions you want to ask the show or anything like that, shoot us an email. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talked about a couple more Texas Tech basketball victories and Texas Tech baseball getting their season going. And as always, we will catch you all at the next show.